You know, as we analyze the events of the Passion Week and as we meditate on what Christ did for us, let's be praying that God would use it in our lives to make us more like His Son. You're listening to the Calvary Cast, Passion Week 2020. These podcasts will serve as daily devotionals, walking you through the final days of Jesus' life on earth. Thursday, April 2nd, 33 AD. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at the table with the twelve. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment, he resumed his place at the table. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. So when Jesus had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then, after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader is the one who serves. For who is the greater, one who reclines at table, or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I am among you as the one who serves. 
You are those who have stayed with me in my trials, and I sign to you, as my Father assigned to me, a kingdom, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And Jesus taught his disciples many things. He taught them a new commandment, that they were to love one another as he had loved them. Jesus taught his disciples that he was the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus taught them that he would not leave them alone, and that he would send another helper, even the Spirit of Truth. And when they had sung a hymn, they left and went out to the Mount of Olives. On the Mount, Jesus continued to teach his disciples. He taught that he was the true vine, and his Father the vine dresser. Jesus taught them, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. And in front of his disciples, Jesus prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. After he prayed, Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. In the garden called Gethsemane, he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So there's a lot of scriptural material that covers uh, Thursday of the Passion Week. This was the day of the Passover feast, which was a very important day in Israel's history. Uh, This feast represented the Lord's deliverance of the Israelites from captivity in Egypt. Each year they were to commemorate this event through this feast, which included a Passover lamb that was to be slaughtered and eaten. As you may recall, God had warned the Israelites, and you can read about this in the book of Exodus, but God had warned the Israelites of the last plague he was going to send through Egypt that night. He was going to kill the firstborn of each family. But he told the Israelites if if they would slaughter the lamb and put its blood on the doorposts, the firstborn in their home would be spared. 
And all those Passover lambs represented the only lamb whose blood can bring eternal deliverance and forgiveness from sin. And that, of course, is Jesus. So I think one of the primary features of Thursday in the Passion Week is that Jesus observes the Passover meal with his disciples. There had been a room prepared for them, and he went up into that room with his closest disciples, and they went through the ritual of the Passover meal. If you think about that, Jesus would have been eating that Passover lamb and participating in that, knowing that that lamb was ultimately pointing to him and what he was about to do the next day. And there were several important events that happened during that meal, and I want to hone in on three of them. First of all, there was the institution of the Lord's Supper. Jesus introduced the disciples in the context of that Passover meal to what we call the Lord's Supper or communion and explained that the bread pointed to his body and the wine pointed to his blood. And the blood would be used to bring forgiveness to many and inaugurate the new covenant. Things were about to change in God's dealing with man, and it was going to focus on the cross and what Jesus would do there, and it would bring in the new covenant he would make with his people. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul tells us that every time we participate in the Lord's Supper as the church, that we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. It all points us to the cross where Jesus was dying for us. The cross is certainly the central feature of our faith. Then what you can read in John 13 is the account of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. This is a very uh, significant and uh, symbolic event that Jesus does here. It as well took place during the Passover feast, and it was a demonstration of humble service. Jesus was the guest of honor and uh, the one in authority here at the table with the disciples. And yet Jesus is the one that gets up and takes the role of a servant and washes each of their feet. And it was picturing the cleansing that he was going to bring for them the following day on the cross, the cleansing from sin, which is what they really and ultimately needed. But it shows us this. That the cross itself was an act of loving service for us. When Jesus went to the cross, he was serving us, his people, by humbly dying for us in order to bring us cleansing from our sin. And Jesus' humility and love for us should be one of the governing forces of our lives. As a matter of fact, this should be the way in which we live our lives, with humble service to others. As a matter of fact, Jesus in John 13 said this, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. In light of the loving sacrifice of Jesus in that room and on the cross, we are to follow suit with living a life of loving service for the good of other people. And then in 
John chapter 14 through 17, you can read what is really usually called the farewell discourse or the upper room discourse. And I've spent quite a bit of time studying and teaching the upper room discourse over the years. And the feature that always stands out to me the most is this. Jesus knew that his hour had come. He knew he was about to suffer horrifically for the sins of the men in that room and the sins for you and me, and yet he turns his attention to them. He attempts to bring them comfort and peace and instruction. And I'll ask you this question. If you knew you were about to endure the cross, what would your instinct be the night before that was going to happen? I would suspect, and, I, and if I put myself in that situation, that I would want comfort from others. I would want people to come and comfort me and help me and uphold me through it all. Give me words of encouragement before I went to the cross. But Jesus does the opposite of that. And isn't it just like Jesus to do this? He turns his attention to others. He puts the needs of his disciples above his own and the interests of his disciples above his own. We're told to have that same mind in us as well. Paul told the Philippian church, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You know, as we analyze the events of the Passion Week and as we meditate on what Christ did for us, let's be praying that God would use it in our lives to make us more like his son. The Calvary Cast is a ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. In Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. You can find out more about Calvary by visiting our website, calvarybiblechurchgj.org. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.